Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Hello and welcome to the second best podcast on the RYM Network, Parenting Today. Uh, My name is Kirk Cooper. I'm the youth minister at Trinity Presbyterian Church in Montgomery, Alabama, and I'm the co-host for the real star of the show, the leading man. I'm the best. I'm not even the best. I'm just the supporting actor, but uh, the lead actor here is John Parrott. John Parrott, say hello. Hey, everybody, and I'm not the lead actor. Um, We are equals. We're both the co-hosts. I checked, checked and he gets paid more than me, so I checked. (laughs) So it's not true. I demand... I demand an accounting. Um, and today, John, uh, we are continuing our podcast. This is a podcast about parenting, about addressing uh, cultural issues uh, through the lens of Scripture, through creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And today we're talking about movies. We're talking about movies. This is an area of your expertise. I'm a little concerned to talk about movies with you, just to be honest, because you've seen a lot more than I have. Although... Maybe not some of the really good ones, but as I found out <laughs> in our preparation, um, can I can I say that John has no, not? No, you cannot. That's okay. That's we won't talk about that. No. We'll save that for later. Maybe at the end, I'll I'll just throw out a movie that John hasn't seen, and you would expect <laughs> him to have seen. Anyway, um, I'm going to let you take it from here. Let's talk about movies for a second. Yeah. So I mean, we definitely think discussing movies on this podcast is going to be somewhat of a staple. Um, not because as Kurt said, um, we enjoy watching movies, uh, which we, we do for the most part, but, uh, we, we know, I mean, they are a significant, um, cultural, uh, artifact if we want to use that word. Uh, I mean, movies are, are definitely, um, uh, make a big impact on our students as well as our, our parents listening to this podcast. We know that uh, the way in which movies are consumed now ha- have changed uh, with Netflix and Amazon around. Uh, we know some people are saying, you know, the ticket sales are declining at the local cinema. Uh, so people would prefer to just stay at home and stream movies instead of going to the cinemas. But uh, they, they make a big impact uh, for sure. Um, and before we get into kind of the, the good and the bad of movies, uh, Kurt, how about we just share what, what was the last movie you saw? Uh, the last movie I saw, actually the last two movies I've seen were made in 2014. I obviously didn't see them. I saw both these movies in the theater, but I just recently rewatched each of them. Uh, one of them is The Edge of Tomorrow, and I guess that's, and the other one is Godzilla, um, the newer version of Godzilla. Um, but uh, let's, the one I've most recently seen is the movie Edge of Tomorrow, which stars uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Bill Paxton, Emily Blunt, um, and uh, and some other actors who I know but can't name. I forgot about Bill Paxton being in it. I mean, that would be one of his last films, sadly. I always mm-hmm. liked him. I know, and that it's a great role for him too. Like, an, it, rewatching it, you appreciate his role. Uh, he has to say a lot of the same things over and over again, but the zeal in which he says them um, is is really awesome. What about you, John? What's the last movie that you've seen? I'm going to bet that it was not made in 2014. <laughs> well, it's funny. I haven't been to the theater as much um, in the past couple of years, but uh, I have in the last. Uh, couple of months or so seen several movies at the theater and so the last one was another tom cruise movie mission impossible fallout um i will say i enjoyed it 
not as much as some people have hyped it up. One of my friends said it was not only one of the best action movies, but maybe the best action movie he's ever seen. Uh, and so I thought that was, you know, some very high praise, um, especially with Raiders of the Lost Ark out there for the record as the greatest action movie ever. Um, but I did enjoy it. It's good. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely what you think. And just as you think, okay, they can't turn up the heat anymore on the tension, they do. They take it to the next level. They get it all the way up to 11. Um, and so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun movie. It's definitely a movie to see in the theaters. And it's good. Um, it's a good action movie. So... Uh, yeah, mm. there's that. Well, um, I have not seen that movie yet. Um, I have seen the previous Mission Impossible m- movies, um, and I really enjoyed my favorite. I don't know who the villain is in this one, but I I really enjoyed the uh, when Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, was the villain. I think that was Mission Impossible Three. That's maybe? correct. Yep. Um, yeah, and, he, was, he was great. Yes. Where is the rabbit's foot, John? Where is the rabbit's foot? So <laughs> I have not seen that in a while, so I need to go back and watch that. But Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman, you know, Oscar-winning actor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadly, again, someone who's passed away, but uh, but yeah, he was talented for sure. Oh, well, let me ask you something, which I would ask a student anyway. But what do you think was the message of Mission Impossible Fallout? Like, what do you think was what do you think was the truth? that they were offering about the world or about how they see the world and mission impossible fallout. Hmm. That's a, that's a good question. Um, and I'm trying to be careful to not give away spoilers. Here. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, one, one theme is, is definitely kind of an emphasis on maybe family and community. Mm. Um, that, uh, yeah, I mean, he's Ethan Hawke, right? Tom, uh, Cruise's yeah. character, almost a Tom Hanks. No, you you just said Ethan Hawke, and it's Ethan Hunt. I'm Ethan Hawke is another yeah, that's actor. A real, that's a real person. Yeah, Ethan, <laughs> Ethan Hunt. Sorry, Tom Cruise um, is amazing in this movie. He plays Ethan Hawke. <laughs> you wouldn't a, even know. I mean, it is un, a it's real, uncanny. It'd be a huge insult to Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, he's faced with a lot of just, uh, moral ethical, uh, dilemmas, uh, of kind of, you know, uh, killing somebody for the greater good or or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of just emphasis on, uh, kind of family and community there. Um, uh, and yeah, again, just kind of keep it vague, but, um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, there's some, some good stuff there. Oh, good. Well, I think that, uh, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to worry about spoiling Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I will recommend it. I think it's a really good movie. Uh, and I would say, uh, if I watched that with a student, uh, I would. I think one one of the things I would talk about is just how often we daydream about getting to repeat things in life and how we would do them better. Or um, and this movie takes a definite uh, take on that, um, where Tom Cruise has to repeat the same day over and over again. But I thought the the biggest thing was uh, just the impact of having of him having to watch uh, who what, what becomes a really good friend and even possibly um, uh, led to believe that he and Emily Blunt get together at the end, but just having to watch her die over and over and hundreds and even thousands of times as he lives the day over and over again, um, and he's trying to save her, um, and just the futility of that and. Um, 
and the frustration that comes with that. Uh, anyway, there's a lot to talk about with movies, and I think that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today yeah. is just how, how movies really are the storytelling mode of our generation. Not our generation, but of you know, maybe the last hundred years even, and just how in uh, a long time ago they had the oral tradition, and they told stories by word of mouth, and uh, and people were entertained by that, and then uh, literature came along and uh, movable type and uh, and books became how uh, stories, uh, the medium through which our stories were told. And now today, movies are movies and television, moving pictures are the way in which uh, in which stories are told. And if that's true, you know, God made us. God reveals himself through story and we are made for stories. So naturally, we're going to be drawn toward um, stories. So. Yeah, um, and, and I think really as we're yeah, talking about the creational good of movies, I mean, you um, <clears throat> said it really well there, Kurt, but I mean, we kind of demonstrated some of that at the beginning, you know, talking about the movies that we were, uh, we've recently seen and just the messages that are there, um, that there is a, a truth being communicated. I mean, we believe, you know, God <clears throat> is the ultimate director, if you want to put it in those terms, uh, directing all of creation. Uh, he's reigning and ruling and we know that he reveals himself through scripture, that being special revelation, but he also reveals himself through general revelation, that is through creation. And movies are an aspect of that creation. So he's constantly revealing himself through movies. Um, and there's there's always going to be truth in any movie you watch. It's impossible not to watch a movie um, <clears throat> where it doesn't have some sort of truth. And we know that God is the source of all truth. And so kind of as we're, we're watching the movies to be able to uh, connect those dots to look at that truth to see that truth um, and and typically you know I just uh, to get at that and I mean maybe this is some of maybe getting ahead of how to redeem movies um, so maybe I won't say as much about this but just asking the question um, to your child to your student what did you like about the movie I mean just mm. asking that question um, and the answer to that question is typically going to be some truth you know well I thought this was funny well why do you think it was funny I mean there's there's a truth there um, so yeah, just, just seeing these as, as stories again, God is the master storyteller and, uh, movies are, are highly influential. I mean, I, you know, when I think of certain movies, like I think of the dark Knight when that came out, um, still in my opinion, uh, Batman is the greatest superhero of all time. And that trilogy, the, the dark Knight trilogy, um, is the greatest, mm. uh, superhero trilogy out there. And there's a lot of, um, parallels to Jesus Christ we can point to, and I know people get tired of uh, those parallels to uh, with superheroes, but, um, you know, I can just remember, I mean, seeing that movie for the first time, and that experience was, was so significant, and was, uh, you know, something uh, that, you know, just I enjoyed, and so I'm sure we can kind of go back and think about just the movies in our lives, and their lasting influence for good or for bad at times, um, but, you know, there's just some creational goods, I guess, the, the community we, we can uh, share. I mean, you know, I've been to other parts of the world and seeing uh, movies as a common language uh, where you can come together and talk to people. Uh, just again, thinking when I went to Brazil on a mission trip and I found that movies kind of united us. Uh, we, we all knew, you know, certain movies and were able to kind of dialogue about those. And so it's, it is a universal language that can foster communities. So those are some, some good things. Any other uh, good uh, aspects of this? Uh, well, 
I think we're going to hit on this when we talk uh, on Thursday about the redeeming quality of movies or how movies can be redeemed. But movies, just like you just said, they're a connection point and they give us a common ground through which um, to talk about the truth of the scriptures uh, that lots of times. uh, I mean, I try to use uh, illustrations from movies that all of my students have seen frequently um, when I teach because I know that it is a language that we both speak. Um, so just like you said, I think we'll talk about more about um, some specific examples of that when we on Thursday. Uh, but today, yeah, I think you pretty much covered it all. Movies, they are such a creative outlet because we're made for stories. And, you know, all of our stories are going to reflect the ultimate story that, that God is telling. But let's talk about the problem with movies or the fall, any good movie or any, any true movie is going to truly reflect the fact that we're fallen and we're not, um, that we're not, um, on speaking terms with God as it were outside of Jesus Christ, that we're, we're his enemies, um, outside of Christ. So talk to me a little bit about, about what you might call garbage movies, John, like, um, tell me an example of what it means for a movie to just be bad. Yeah, and maybe as as we're transitioning to this too, this might be a helpful thing to to bring up is that, um, and I've heard other people you know write about this, but um, you know it, since we do live in a fallen world, uh, we need to expect our movies to be fallen. Um, that there there is a danger in um, you know creating movies that are you know just G rated and um, you know so clean where there's not a need for a savior. Um, mm. So, so while we need to be cautious of what we watch, uh, you know, certain depictions of sin in a sinful world can be helpful uh, because it reminds us we need a savior. Um, so, as we kind of get into discussions of the fall, it's not always bad to portray, you know, certain aspects of that. As we know, the Bible, as many people have pointed out, would be R-rated. There's a lot there, mm. um, but there's a lot more to say about that. But yeah, just kind of some of the the garbage movies. Um, I mean, we we know that there's just there's absolute trash that just comes into the the cinemas uh, that that just completely exploits violence, exploits uh, sex, sexuality, nudity. Um, those that are just uh, you know um, that that kind of garbage. That's really on the surface. You can see some movies that come out, and you just know, okay, as a Christian, I. I it's pretty clear I shouldn't I shouldn't watch this this movie, uh, but then there's also kind of a level of garbage movies that we need to be you know cautious of that are just very poor quality. Um, you know I think and this is not a you know movie that's come out in the cinemas, but we think of like Sharknado. Um, I know, like, they're just, I mean, I say the name, and one, I mean, the name is just hilarious, but two, you laugh when, when I mention it. You know, there are plenty of people that have watched, I don't even know, is it, are there five Sharknados that are out now? I forget how many sequels have, have come out to that, um, that, you know, come on, I think, the Sci-Fi Network, but... <clears throat> You know, it's, you know, they're they're definitely exploiting violence in those. Uh, and disclaimer here, I haven't seen one of those, but they're exploiting violence. I think they're exploiting some sexuality in that. Um, but then they're also, I mean, they're just they're relishing just low quality. Um, you know, they are mm. they are B movies for sure. The acting is atrocious, um, and so. You know what? What are we to do with this as Christians? Uh, because we know as Christians, we are to be striving to to honor the Lord in absolutely everything we do. 
Um, and so as Christians, we, we want to uh, definitely, um, you know, if you're a Christian filmmaker, you want to try to create the best film you can make. I mean, you want every aspect of the, you know, the direction, the production, the screenplay, the acting to be top quality. Um, because again, mm. we're created in the image of a creative God. Um, and so we're to honor him with our, uh, with our craft. And so what are we as Christians to, to do with just garbage movies that just kind of throw out all of those things, the story, the acting, the directing. And for us as Christians to embrace something like Sharknado, I'm not saying you're in sin, but we do need to give pause to that and think, okay, well, as Christians, you know, this is kind of, this is the opposite of how we are to be, you know, approaching, um, you know, the arts for sure. And so there are just those garbage movies out there we need to be aware of and we need to think about, you know, participating in the viewing of those. So, yeah. Um, so, just, yeah, just to recap what you just said really quickly. Um, first of all, is that, you know, it's right for Christians to have a taste when it comes to movies. We can tell when something is good and when it's done poorly. And that doesn't mean like whether it's labeled Christian or labeled secular. That's not what we're talking about. We're mm-hmm. saying that there's an artistic side to telling stories and we can tell when the story is being told well and when it's not being told well, regardless of what the content of the story is. And then there's also uh, stories that have content that's just not appropriate. Either it's not age appropriate or it's, we know that it's something that's glorying and sin. And so we want to avoid those things. And then lastly, one way in which a movie can be bad is that it is doesn't have any uh, element of sin in it. it. It paints a picture of life that is completely unrealistic because there's no need for a savior because nothing bad happens. Or if something bad happens, it was just all a misunderstanding or it, was, uh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and, and that's not really an accurate picture of life because in life, you know, real sin occurs and we need a real savior to save us from our real sin. Is that, is that a fair summary? Yeah, I think you did well. That's good. Yeah, well, uh, I just wanted to prove to you that I was listening and not playing <laughs> and not playing Clash of Clans while you were uh, while you were talking. Uh, so we are not in the same room, by the way. I think that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, John is in uh, Jackson. State lines. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, um, okay. Well, let's let's talk about another aspect of the of the fall as far as movies are concerned and just stories in general is that. Um, and this is not something new, but we can become uh, we can become so involved in stories that they can, uh, you know, we talked about uh, last week about YouTube and about how YouTube can can become a black hole. But so can uh, stories, so can movies and television shows. And um, let's just talk about binge watching for a second and how um, previously that was something that wasn't available to people. You couldn't you had to wait and I guess buy DVDs of a show or um, or have you know uh, all the Lord of the Rings movies available to you in some kind of format VHS or whatever it was, um, but now uh, one one thing that we have to be careful with as far as redeeming the time is that it's become a common practice, and I hear students talking about this all the time. I'll have a student say, "I watched all the episodes of Park and Recreation." And I'm like, oh, well, how long did that take you? And he'll say, it took me about three days. Now, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know how many – I haven't done the math, and I, I, I don't even know how many seasons of Parks and Recreation there are, but I know there are at least like four or five, and I know there are several episodes. I mean, that is a huge amount of time to devote to just – and we can understand okay, so look, why. I had to yeah. just jump in and look this up. Yeah. There are seven seasons and 125 episodes. 
Uh-huh. And do you know how, about how long each episode is? You know, I would guess. I mean, is it 20 a 30, something minutes? Yeah. It's a 30 minute show. So 20, 20 something minutes. So anyway, just to do the math, that's a huge amount of time. And we, first of all, before we judge someone like as far as we understand why this is a thing. And it's because we get engrossed in stories. The person talking right now read the entire Harry Potter Order of the Phoenix the day that it came out. That is a, I don't know how many pages are on that book, but it's a lot. And we get engrossed in stories. And the reason that we get engrossed in stories is because we're made for stories. So um, this is not um, this is not a bad thing that's being glorified. It's a good thing that's been given too much prominence, So, which is basically the definition of idolatry. But it's something that we have to be concerned about. I know students who don't, you know, who aren't doing as well in school because of their binge watching habits or their video game habits or whatever it is. And just like with everything else, we have to use discernment and set boundaries um, as far as how much time we spend watching. You have any thoughts on that, John? Yeah, I think, I mean, you're bringing up a lot of good things and this is just to, to reiterate, I mean, what you're saying, but um, you know, as, as we know, okay, we're talking in the creation fall uh, redemption grid uh, that we were created for peace and harmony and joy, uh, but then sin comes in, <clears throat> and since sin has come in, we now seek refuge. Um, it, it's natural for us to uh, to run to something when when you know something bad comes about. And so, as you're you're talking about stories, um, there are times where okay, life is tough, and so we want to escape to another story. You know, our story is broken and brings in sadness. And mm. so we, we want to go to a place like Hogwarts, um, even though there's, you know, brokenness there. It's a story we can kind of escape to. And so movies are a natural form of escape. Um, it, it allows us just to kind of check out for, you know, hour and a half, two hours or more um, and get into another story. Um, and so that can be a good thing. That's part of, a, uh, I think, an aspect of um, movies that we can appreciate and enjoy. But we also need to be, you know, educating our, our children and students on this fact that, you know, many of them, when, when times are tough and they're sad or depressed, they do just want to go and binge watch and sit there on Netflix and watch episode after episode of Parks and Rec or they go to the movie theater or whatever. And so, yeah, j- just being aware of that, um, that desire to seek refuge or to escape uh, when ultimately we know our true refuge is Jesus Christ. And um, these things, while they can offer, you know, times to laugh and enjoy certain creational things, uh, we know that ultimately they're just um, a small, uh, they're, they're a shadow and reflection of the only true refuge. Uh, so that's just something we, we need to be educating our, our students and children on. Um, w- one, other, one other thing about the fall, and this might, um, we, 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 this might leak over into redemption, and I don't know how we're doing on time either, so I want to make sure that we uh, get done in our... Uh, this is supposed to be a 15 to 30 minute podcast. And we don't want to try to go over. Mm-hmm. But uh, one other thing that you mentioned, and it just made me think of, uh, of a quote that I had read um, a couple months back. But you talked about how we want things to be done well and we want them to reflect the reality of, of what life is like. And I think one thing that that might mean is that we might need to see movies um, that aren't necessarily in our comfort zone. And the reason I say this is because I have this quote from a man named Scott Derrickson, and Scott Derrickson makes horror movies. Um, 
And uh, he made movies such as The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and uh, the, I think he involved in The Conjuring and other movies. And you need to know before I say this that I don't watch horror movies very frequently because I get super scared <laughs> and then can't sleep. <laughs> I have so much anxiety on on top of the adding to it just doesn't make much sense. It's also why I don't play golf. But um, <laughs> <laughs> That's but, another, another podcast. Yes, yes. You can join me on that podcast. I've seen your swing, so or lack thereof. <laughs> very, very so, true. You make Charles Barkley's golf swing look good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a deep cut sports joke right there. <laughs> but Scott Derrickson says, um, someone asked him, why would a Christian get involved in horror movies? And I want to read you what he said. He said, in my opinion, the horror genre is a perfect genre for Christians to be involved with. The more compelling question is, why do so many Christians find it odd that a Christian would be working in the horror genre. This genre deals overtly with the supernatural more than any other genre. Like So it recognizes a supernatural reality. It, tack- it tackles issues of good and evil more than any other genre. So they're like defined good and evil in horror, um, whereas that's maybe more gray in other genres. He says, it distinguishes and articulates the essence of good and evil better than any other genre. And my feeling is that a lot of Christians are wary of horror simply because it's unpleasant. But the genre is not about making you feel good. It's about making you face your fears. And in my experience, that's something that a lot of Christians don't want to do. And I just found that, talk about a very well-articulated worldview. Scott Derrickson, kudos to you. Um, but just to talk about the fact that um, that there's no Christian genre that, um, like action-adventure is not the Christian genre that Christian truth can be found in a lot of places. And even in movies that we don't necessarily enjoy, um, aren't super excited about. So I thought I would just mention that. Yeah, that's a good word for sure. And I I mean, I echo, um, Kurt's words on, I'm not typically watching horror genre films, um, for those same reasons. Uh, but I, I know too, mentioning a book, Cinemagogue by James Harleman, uh, that's a book that also has a section uh, that the subtitle is Reclaiming Entertainment and Navigating Narrative for the Myths and Mirrors They Were Meant to Be uh, by James Harleman. But he has a section on horror movies and basically reiterating what you said, Kurt, that they can capture a lot of biblical truth in them uh, in ways other genres cannot. Yeah, um, the spiritual the spiritual reality thing is what really hit me between the crosshairs because most of the movies that I watch just – completely ignore the fact that there is any kind of spiritual reality or any kind of supernatural reality at all. Um, and, uh, and anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. No. So look, this has been a good discussion. Just again, discussing movies and in general, um, there are going to be times where we just highlight one specific movie and we'll discuss it. Uh, but I think this is helpful. There's a lot more we could say, but, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, draw this to a close, and then on Thursday we will uh, talk about just some some practices and how we can redeem this um, uh, cultural uh, this this sphere of the culture. I guess we could say, uh, Kurt. Anything you want to add as we close? No, I uh, just want to say that be sure and join us Thursday, and uh, we're going to talk about how to redeem cinema. And uh, I'll tell you what I think, and then John, who hasn't seen Godfather Two, will tell you what he thinks. <laughs> It's good to talk to you, John. Yeah, all right. Have a good one, Kurt. See you later.